We just yes, thank Father. you. Mm, say we bind you in the name of Jesus. Mm. We have currents. We bind you in the name of Jesus. Leave her mind. Leave her body. God, do not let her think on past. Mm, let her think that the work has already been done. See them, we bind you from tormenting her spirit in the name of Jesus. And God, I ask you to cover me and the listener with the blood of Jesus, that we will not get any backlashes from this prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, all the glory goes to you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, glory. Amen. Yes, Lord. Mm, thank you. Amen. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Glory to you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father The conference has been muted. Father, we come before your throne of grace one more time this morning. As we lift up our hands, Father God, towards the heavens where our help comes from, God, I just pray for every one of the requests that we had this morning. Father God, the, the anointing and the, and the blessings. Father God, the praises that we heard this morning. Father, we are so thankful for it. God, as we go into the word, let the words of my mouth come out with clarity, Father God, that it will bring forth the healing and hope that we all need to hear this morning, Father God. God, I just pray that you will just like a give, Father God, exactly what we needed to hear this morning. God, we surrender ourselves into your mighty hands. You take the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name I pray, Father, for your glory. Amen. 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 Good morning, everyone, for, uh, you know, uh, this is uh, like uh, almost like the last portion of the Lord's Prayer that, um, uh, you know, we're going to meditate on, and then we will move on to the next area. But if you have your Bibles, let's turn over to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to actually read from verses 5 through 13. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. This verse, these verses that God is speaking to us, Jesus spoke to his disciples, and uh, he actually um, was sitting down and talking to a multitude of people. He just wants to pour into their life uh, all the things that he had in his uh, you know, mind about like a prayer. And uh, this is not, this is, this is, there are two places where the Lord's Prayer is being talked about. One is in Matthew 6 and the other one is in Luke 11. And uh, so the Matthew 6 is like a, when he was speaking on the mountain, the famous Sermon on the Mount, during that time, after he spoke on Beatitudes, he is just like a, giving a lot of instructions. And when it came to prayer, this is what Jesus was saying in verse 5. He says, when you pray, you shall not be like a hypocrite, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and on the corner of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, now God is saying like, forget the people that I spoke about up until this point, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things 
you have needs of before you ask it. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts or sometimes forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As we look through this prayer, right, there are totally six petitions that we have. Hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. Number three, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Number four, give us our daily bread. Number five, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Number six, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So these are the six petitions, but then there is one additional thing that comes right after that. It's almost like a sandwich that God has put this whole thing for thine is your kingdom, power and glory forever and ever. Amen. The thing is, before even we get into this, I really want to remind each and every one of us what it says about the tabernacle. Your body is a tabernacle. You and I are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And in that temple, we have to keep the fire burning on the altar continuously. Just like what it says in Leviticus chapter 6, verses 13, keep the fire burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. If anything that we learn from this prayer is this, that God of this universe is just pouring into our life that how critical that we need to stay connected with the Father in heaven. And that's why when we read our Father who art in heaven, right, this is basically giving God his proper place. He's not like the man upstairs. He's not the, 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 uh, the one uh, 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 up, up there. Uh, he's just not like a, somebody like we can talk to. But we need to give God his proper place. In fact, uh, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 63, verse 16, it says, Doubtless, I have absolutely no doubt, says Isaiah, you are our father. Right? Though Abraham was ignorant of us, the Israel does not acknowledge us. You, O Lord, are our father, our redeemer from everlasting is your name. What Jesus is trying to do is he is pulling us into his family. Jesus is extending his father to be our father. We are now, once we get into that kind of a relationship, we become a royal lineage. We become part of this massive kingdom that God is just taking us through. And he's saying, you can call my father your father as well. In fact, he delights uh, when, 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 when God hears our, our prayer as we start our prayer as a father-son relationship, then anything that you ask after that is completely different because you're not anymore talking to a God that is in the distance, but instead you're talking to a father who is in heaven. Now, Let's come to the, the last part. We've already gone through each and every one of these, you know, uh, different, um, you know, six of these petitions. We have gone through, we have done a lot of study on that. 
Today we come to the last part of the study, which says, For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. Amen. It's actually, if you think about it, this is a doxology in the, in the technical term. Um, um, anything that praises God is a doxology. Okay? Um, and uh, several of the materials, several of the manuscripts that were written in the original text actually did not have this line. That's why in some churches, especially Catholic churches, they never include this in as part of the Lord's Prayer because they think it was an afterthought. But it is a doxology. This is like a praising God and giving God his rightful place. Right? There used to be like a there was this beautiful song that the people used to sing um, when they come into churches, and the, the, the one of the doxology is this: like, praise God from whom all blessings flow, praise Him all creatures here below, praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. There, there's a beautiful song that we used to sing in churches just like a praising God uh, as, as, a, as a, a way of enter into his house. And the thing is, uh, it shows how much confidence that we have in him. Uh, I, I mean, this, even though this line wasn't in the original text, uh, the early church felt the addition of this line like ends in a triumph. Uh, and, and the reason why is because um, the doxology or the glory of God actually comes 480 times in the scripture. If we, if we think about like a, the glory of God, right? that's what doxology means. In First Corinthians chapter 16, verses 25, it says, for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods. That's what we are trying to say when we are bringing this last part of this prayer. We are just like a sandwiching the fact that God is great and he is the one we all need to fear. Psalmist says that in Psalm 48, 1, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in the holy mountain. In fact, 1 John uh, chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, this is what it says. It says, now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask a Anything according to his will, he hears us. I really liked what Miss Susan prayed this morning. She said, like, God, give him according to your will. Right? Answer his prayer according to your will. And if, if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. The, the, the thing is this, when we come to this place in our life, uh, where we take it to God in confidence, we just leave it there and then say, God, this is yours. And then just going to walk away from this. And that's, what, that's how uh, each and every one of the doxology, each and every one of the praises, that's recorded all throughout the Bible. Uh, it's just like this. Romans 11.36 says, For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Paul says like, For of him and through him and to him are all things. There's nothing that can go outside of our Father's hands. Everything goes through him. Everything is comes to us through him. Everything 
that we have is through him. And that's why he takes all the glory and the honor. And the, and, the, and, the, and the three things that it's talking about, the kingdom, the power, and the glory. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. This last line in this prayer, it's almost like the pledge of allegiance to this one king. There's only one king that we have. There is no donkey, there is no elephant that can replace the king that we have, the king that is sitting on the right hand of the Father, the king that is answering your prayer and my prayer, the king who can change your situation and my situation, the king who can answer every petition that we take it to him. And, and God is just like a, teaching us through these words uh, that, that, that moment by moment, every day, day by day, when we live uh, every decision that we make, we have to keep this mindset in, in, in all of our asking that his kingdom, his power, and his glory covers it all. Because we are not self-sufficient. There are times that it goes beyond our control. But the moment that we, we, we make decisions like it is our kingdom, our power, and our glory, that's like a, almost like an everyday battle. If there is a situation that you're into, you could try with your kingdom, meaning all the all the sources that you have at your disposal. You could try with all the money that you have. You can try with all the gold and silver that you have. You could try with all your retirement plan that you have. Or you can rely on his kingdom and his power and his glory. I can ask for bread, right? Today I can ask for bread, I can ask for forgiveness, I can ask for deliverance, right? Not because of my strength or my kingdom, but because of his kingdom. Actually, this word for thine is a kingdom can actually be even changed to because of your kingdom, because of your power, because of your glory. It would have fit really well as well. I am asking all this thing because of the power and the glory and the kingdom that belongs to you. Right? And so his, uh, the, the, the thing is that I have had a chance to go to Washington, D.C. several times in this last, you know, 20 plus years. And uh, uh, every time I go in there, uh, I walk through the Capitol, uh, I, I, I have this sense that uh, these things were built as if it's going to last forever. The, 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 the people who are historians that talk about like a, how strong this building is and how these things are, you know, architected. In fact, I had seen the Oval Office in Washington, D.C., and I'm thinking to myself, this is all man-made stuff. How can this be even uh, uh, the everlasting kingdom uh, that's going to be there forever and ever? There's only one thing and one kingdom and, and, and there's only one king in that one kingdom that's going to be for everlasting, to everlasting. And if we get that into our mind today, it will change our perspective of how we approach everything in our life. And, and, and God is reminding us today that his, his kingdom is, is God like everything that we need 
And that's why when we prayed earlier in this prayer, where it says, like, thy kingdom come, let your kingdom come, right? We are praying to God and saying, God, let your kingdom be uh, the, the, the ruling force today. Let, you know, in his kingdom, how there is so much of peace. Uh, this week uh, on Friday night, we were just like reading about Isaiah chapter uh, 2. And in that Isaiah chapter 2, he's talking about the kingdom and how in his kingdom, even the weapons that are used will be used, will be melted and become like a plow. Uh, to to you know, there is no need for a weapon. There is no need for a war. There is no need for the crying. There is no need for the uh, grief and pain. There is no need for any of those things in his kingdom. The next, uh, you know, uh, set of uh, meditation that we will do will be on his kingdom. We'll go after his kingdom. In fact, I really like Matthew chapter 13. That's the one chapter that has so many parables, so many things that talk about his kingdom. And that will be the chapter that we will pick it up and run with it and talk about his kingdom in length uh, the next couple of weeks. But today, all I want you to remember is like a as you're praying this prayer, let your prayer just like rely not on your strength, not on your resources, but on his strength and his power and his glory. Hallelujah. The second thing, um, you, you know, uh, first is the kingdom. The second one is the power. Uh, the thing is, in the early church, when the people were praying, when they were praying, the the power of God was just like a magnificently shown. I've heard even preachers say, how come it's not happening the same way? How come my room is not shaking? How come I don't see the blind get, uh, you know, their eyes open, the, the ears of the deaf open, or uh, the lame start to walk? The thing is this, you know, we haven't spent our time with God to see his power manifest. A lot of times we are like a microwave generation. We want to make a very quick prayer, and we just want his power to be shown. We just want to throw that uh, microwave uh, seeds in the uh, bag into uh, the microwave, um, and then we just like a, expected to come out in four and a half minutes. We, in fact, have churches create their services within one hour, 16 minutes. We have mastered this process. It, it, it wasn't like the olden days where if you feel like a heaviness of your heart, that you would go to a church and pray. That's why I really like it. Even though it's not the same, you have a prayer line. When people say, I want some prayer to be done, we just take them into the prayer. I, I am just like a, so glad we created that prayer line because there are so many people that come and ask for prayer and they just like to pray in there for somebody else. Anytime someone throws a prayer, everybody starts to pray. Why? Because when we pray, the power of God starts to move into that situation. There was a man named Hubert. Uh, he was a missionary in, uh, in uh, London, right? And uh, he had a car, and his car wouldn't start without somebody pushing it, right? And so because he had to push, here's what he did. He created an elaborate scheme to go and park his car in a in a parking lot of a school so he can ask the principal of the school to have his children come and push the car, right? And so uh, if he's going to go and stop somewhere during the day, he would actually find a slope 
so that he can park his car in a slant so that when he's ready to go, he can actually stop the car and let the slope give the push uh, to get his car started. Or he would leave the car running, right? For nearly two years, this is how Hubert has started his car. And again, this is a real story, huh? So then one day a new missionary comes to their, uh, you know, uh, distinct sanctuary. And uh, this new missionary, when he came, Hubert was like so proudly showing his car and how he has had this car for so long. And that the only thing that he needed to do is like start pushing the car, right? And how he had all these schemes of like getting this car started and he is on and on. While he was talking, the new missionary popped the hood and he was looking and he found there was a cable in there that was loose. So he pushed the cable in and tightened it and he asked the the uh, you know missionary Hubert to start the car, and it started. And the thing is, is for two years, the, the this missionary Hubert went through needless pain. And he went to start uh, to, in order to start the car. He was you know making all kinds of people push the car and do all these things. He could have just like taken the car to the mechanic who would have fixed the car. Or, you know, the thing is that so many times, right, even in our life, we may think like, oh, that story is funny. He could have done this or he could have done that. Or we are very good in just looking at somebody else's problem and giving a solution for it. But think for a second. How many times? that we try to solve problem on our own and not take God's power into account. He, his power is available to us at all times. As long as we have a good connection with him instead of that loose connection with him. And as long as we check our cables constantly. We check our prayer life constantly. We check our reading of the word constantly. We check on the relationship that we have with people constantly. We may be missing out on this power that's available to us. The third one is the glory. The glory is the most the sweetest thing one can have. In fact, you know, when people say, oh, this is awesome. You have a prison. This is amazing. Nobody has it. The thing is this, those kind of glory is very sweet. Right? And sometimes, those glory can get into your head and become elegance, can creep in. If only I cannot, I, I don't transfer that glory into his glory. If, if I just like to think it is all because of what I did, and God doesn't get the glory out of it. All the things that we pray for, and when we get what we pray for, we need to be careful enough to give him the glory and the honor. In fact, God is very clear that he will not share his glory with anyone, especially carved images. And the thing is this, Paul writes about this also in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of your calling you have received. Walking worthy of a calling is to also transfer the glory back to where the glory deserves its rightful place. Then you, uh, I, when I started the ministry uh, in 2000, I'm sorry, actually 1994, 
the first time I was with the prison fellowship, the guy who taught me how to uh, do the prison ministry, uh, he has served in prison for 40 years. And at that time, when he was teaching us, his son was serving time for 25 years, right? And one of the things that he taught me that I still remember very vividly, almost like a clear picture in front of my eyes, is this. Every time he finished doing a Bible study inside the prison, when he walks home, he would always think like, my goodness, it was a good class. I was just like really nailing it. I was just like all over these guys. I taught them well. The, the man kept thinking to himself like all the good things that happened in that room. But slowly God was just like reminding him of like how he was trying to take the glory that belongs to the Lord. And from there on, when he walks out of the prison, he always, you know, find a moment to just like thank God for what happened inside that prison. I do not know what you are going through right now and what you have accomplished for the Lord. And any time something good happens in your life or in your mission or in your ministry, when you come out of that situation, pause for a moment to give him the glory because he deserves all the glory because he is the one that has caused the wind to move in a certain direction, the, the grace to come in a certain direction. He's the one who changed the situation in your life and my life. And here's the thing. When you think about this Lord's Prayer, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, that's where this light comes in. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. This line also reminds us that there are certain mountains only God can climb. There are only certain, there are, there are mountains only God can climb. You and I cannot climb those mountains. We cannot climb the Mount Messiah. You and I are not the Messiah of the world. I've heard this Sarah say, my name is Sarah and not Savior, right? Your name and my name is not a Savior or a Messiah. That's a mountain that we should not climb. There were years, if you take the history of all the people that have tried to climb, none of those people do exist anymore. They tried and tried to climb that mountain. The Assyrians tried it. Then the Babylonians tried it. Persians tried it. Medo-Persians tried it. All kinds of people tried with their power and might to climb the Mount of Messiah. But only God can climb mountain. You and I are, are, are not supposed to climb that mountain. And that's why we need to give God that mountain. Because there are mountains that God will allow us to climb. But there are certain mountains only He can climb. And so, when we recognize that part then we have access to this unlimited, you know, power. And uh, that when we recognize that uh, who is sitting on that mountain, that it gives us access to that kingdom forever and ever. This is how I want to wrap up this uh, message this morning. I have this parting um uh, this thing, uh, when, whenever I take a series of like the messages and I want to end, I have this like a parting anxiety that I'm going to leave this message and go to the next message, you know. 
Uh, so that's how I feel that, you know, because this is like the last uh, line of the Lord's Prayer. But here's what I want to bring forth to close this one. That in the olden days, there was a prayer called bidding prayer. Because the Bible says here, in this manner you should pray. We don't need to repeat this very same lines again and again. But there are certain things that are said here. We need to start to pray with these uh, structures, right? So there is a structure called bidding prayer, where uh, this form of prayer is like a, a, a minister invites or a leader invites his congregation to pray about something. So he will start with like a what is that prayer item, and then people in the church will start to pray what comes in their mind about that one-liner that he is asked to pray for. And this kind of prayer is very common in Anglican churches. In fact, even Roman Catholic churches have this kind of like a prayer as well. The, the priest will just like a call out a prayer and then everybody starts to pray. What am I saying? When you go into the closet, when you go to that secret place and you start to pray, break up the, the, the Lord's Prayer in your mind and then take every line that is there and just like, a, you know, use that first line like a how a leader would tell his congregation. Right? And then you start to, you know, pray over like what comes to your mind about that one line that is there. For example, our Father who is in heaven, just say that out loud before you start to pray. Our Father who is in heaven. Now, you start to, you know, bid over that prayer by saying, God, I'm so amazed that you actually can hear me even though I'm here on earth, you are in heaven. God, I'm so amazed that you can hear my voice amongst the millions, in fact, millions who may be talking to you at this time. God, you have a special line right now to hear my voice. God, right now, I'm not actually sitting on earth. I'm actually sitting in heaven because I'm talking to you, God. I'm talking to you, my dad. God, I just have like this, this, I, I have never realized how, uh, you know, the relationship was all along. You are my Alpha Father. So you just like a read out that one line and you're going into your prayer closet to write down Write down the, the entire prayer and just like, a, you know, read one line and then start to pray what God is impressing in your heart about that one line, right? Hallowed be thy name. Here's the thing. We spent two and a half months talking about God's name. And, and the thing is that we even talked about here, God, make your name holy, right? Here, God, I'm coming to you not because of my name. I'm not coming to you as Katina. I'm not coming to you as Brenda or Susan or Colette or anyone. God, I'm coming to you on your name. Your name says Jehovah Shalom. God, you are the God of peace. Today, I don't have that peace in me. God, if, if I can try everything that I have, I still will not be able to reach that peace. But you are the God of peace. God, help me to restore my peace because of your name. You are an El, El Yod. You are the most high God. God, this situation that I'm going through is beyond my control. 
the Jewish people never liked to say the word Yahweh or Jehovah because it was just so big for them. But today we can call on Jehovah Nisi. He's our banner. You're going into a place where you don't know anyone. You're walking into an office that you don't know anyone. You're walking into a business that you're pitching for. Know this for sure. You're not carrying yourself into that room. You're carrying Jehovah Nisi's banner into that room. You feel like you're alone. You're quiet in the night. Your bed and your pillows are wetting because of your tears. Call on Jehovah Ra, which means the Lord my shepherd. He cares for you and me as a shepherd. Jehovah Rapha, you feel like a, your leg is not moving today. Your leg uh, is just having a pain on the left side. You call not with your name, but you call on the name of the Lord who heals that leg. Jehovah Shama, there is no God that can be in every place other than Jehovah Shama. He is there with you. When you go to the mountain, he is there. When you go to the valley, he is there. When you go through the trouble, he is there. When you go through the, you know, the difficult situation that you are not able to handle, don't ever think that you're alone by yourself. Jehovah Shabbat is there with you. Jehovah Mechanism, the God who sanctifies you. Jehovah Olam, the everlasting God, Elohim. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Jehovah Sadeot, the Lord of hosts. Call on that name. Hallowed be thy name. Whatever you need, you can call upon his name. The Bible says the righteous will run into it. And they are safe. <coughs> Sorry. Thy kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. God, I know in your kingdom there is no crime, no hurt or pain. Let your kingdom come. Let my situation change. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We always think that his kingdom is like a far off, that someday it's going to come, but his kingdom can come even today in your life. That's why the psalmist is praying, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This wasn't like in the future that it's going to happen. God can execute his plan today. Just as he's going to execute in heaven, he can execute them on earth for you and me. Give us this day a daily bread. The next three petitions, it says us. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation. Whenever you're praying, don't just pray for yourself. You may have all the food that you need, but there are so many people across your own cities, in my own cities, don't have food. When we pray for, you know, the bread, you know, we should include all of those around us as we pray for. If God impresses you to pray for somebody, you could even say, God, show me somebody who doesn't have food today so I can bless them. That's the bidding prayer. When you pray, they are daily bread. That's the main line. 
You can actually go in and say to God, God, show me someone that I can help with their spiritual food today. God, show me someone that, because I have what I need for today, God, the bread that you've already given to me. But if there is anyone that I can be praying for that don't have it, God, remind their names to me so I can pray for them. The only thing that is a conditional in this entire prayer line is forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's it's very, uh, you know, much of like how much we are willing to forgive somebody that God is saying that, you know, we are telling God, don't forgive everything that I have done wrong, but instead God just like forgive as much as I am forgiving somebody. Sometimes it's a very scary prayer to pray like that. But here's the thing. When, when that line is read out, you can ask God to remind you of the things that you have done that you completely spaced out. There are some undone businesses that you have with somebody that you want to reconcile with. Reckon with the relationship that is broken and needed to be restored. Ask God to do all these things. And when you say, like a leader is not into temptation, think of all the temptations that you may have right now and ask God to deliver from those temptations. Again, read out these lines and then start to bid over those lines and ask God for things that applies to you today because God says that in this manner you pray because thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory. When we make the Lord's Prayer as a bidding prayer, then the next time, you know, you walk out of any situation, you walk into any situation, you will find the boldness in you. You will see the power of God to shake the room that you're in. You will see the cancer getting cured. You will see the relationship getting restored. You will see the business is coming back to life. Why? Because you have given everything to his kingdom, through his kingdom, and his power, and his glory. Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says, As they prayed, the earth shook. These are the people who would not even stand with Jesus. These are the people who actually betrayed him three times. These are the people who went back to shipping, uh, fishing, after Jesus left. But after they recognized who God is and his kingdom, they come together. When they started to pray, the earth shook beneath them causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. In fact, the message version says that when they prayed, when they were praying, it's like a continuous, when they were praying, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak God's word with fearless confidence. Here's what I want to say as, as we wrap up the Lord's Prayer. Jeremiah 29, verses 13 and 14 says, If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. 
I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. The God of this universe, this is his heart. He says, when you look for me wholeheartedly, with everything that you have, you will find me. And I will be found by you, says the Lord. And he will end all your captivities and restore all your fortune. The fortune here doesn't mean just the, 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 the worldly fortune. He will restore the relationship fortune. He will restore the peace. He will restore your, your life to its fullest till it's overflowing. Praise the Lord. Ms. Katina. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless your holy name. Thank you so much, Pastor Cyril, for just allowing us to change our perspective, showing us week after week new things. I just I thank God for opening the eyes of your heart and giving you these messages that you can then come and feed us with and we can feast off of God's word and feast off of his name and thank you for just, you know, allowing us to see the Lord's prayer differently. And um this is just it has it's been a wonderful, wonderful series. Um and I I'll never think about the the prayer the same again. You know, even in my own prayer life this week I found myself, you know, starting off, you know, my my prayers with our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, I wanted the Lord to know that, you know, he is sovereign, that he is the head over all things. I wanted to let him know that he, his name is hallowed in my heart. His name is hallowed in my home. His name is hallowed in my prayer. And I wanted him to know that he is, there is no other name above him. And I, and I just thank him, you know, just so much. I thank you so much for just showing us a new way to pray, a new way to go about doing business with our Lord. And thank you for, you know, just this last portion as you close out this series where we talked about for thine is your kingdom, the power and glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, I never really thought about what the, what three things we were really talking about, you know, what those three powerful words, you know, the kingdom, you know, we always talk about, you know, oh, you know, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm doing, uh, I'm going about doing God's work, that I'm doing kingdom work, kingdom work. But have you really thought what that really means when you use that word kingdom? The power, you know, the God, you know, Jesus left us with the power. He could no longer be here with us, so he gave us the same power that he gave the disciples in the upper room. And, you know, you know, when we're closing out our prayers, we're talking about having the power over all of the things that we just petitioned, all of the petitions that we took before the Lord and the glory. You know, whose glory? God's glory, the almighty glory. And it's forever. How long? You know, is it just for that moment when you're in prayer? No, it's forever and ever. And amen. You know, I just thank Jesus for sharing his father with us, his father in heaven with us. We, this is the same father that he has that he has shared with us. And we glorify his name and pledge our allegiance unto him. Do you rely on his kingdom, his power, and his glory to rule and reign over your life, over your situation, over your circumstances, over your pain, over your your illnesses. You know, I, I, I've never thought about that. You know, we should be actually relying upon the kingdom, power, and glory over each, over everything that we take before him in prayer. And I'm just so thankful to, for my eyes to be open this morning. Do you give him the glory and honor that he rightfully deserves when he blesses you, when we overcome, 
when he delivers us, when we get our breakthrough, when we're healed, do we go back to him and give him that honor and that glory over that thing? You know, I found myself just thinking about, you know, my journey with school and thinking about, you know, how I could not have made it through this thing if it was not for the Lord by my side. And I had to take a moment this week and stop and give him the honor, the glory, and the power that he rightfully, the honor and the glory that he rightfully deserved because I realized that if it was not for him, I could not have had the power to even make it through. Are we going back and reflecting over our situations when things change and giving our father all that he rightfully deserves for doing that thing for us, for changing that situation? Our prayers can no longer stay the same thing. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm just so eternally grateful for knowing now that I'm not the one that climbs the mountain. I'm not the one that moves the mountain, but it is the Lord who does that for me. And I don't have to no longer think about how I'm going to do anything, how I'm going to change the situation, how I need the answer. It's not about me. It is about the Lord. Everything that we do now is about the Lord. He climbs the mountain. He moves the mountain when we can't reach our children, when we can't reach that difficult person on the job. He's the one. Are we going to him and saying, Lord, let your kingdom reign. Let your power reign. Let your glory reign forever and ever over that situation. Thank you for teaching us about bidding prayer. I remember, you know, one time someone called it popcorn prayer, but it's, it's the same, one in the same bidding prayer where we can go and we, 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 we pray differently over one situation. Thank you for allowing us to think about how we can now go before the Lord and think a bidding prayer as we break down the Lord's prayer. Think about it. Go before him differently. Let's do that this week. Let's just, you know, put aside everything else for just this week, and let's just dissect each line of the Lord's prayer and think about it differently. Allow the Holy Spirit to change our perspective over each line of the Lord's prayer. What is God pressing upon your heart as you call upon his name, as you go before him and you say, hallowed be thy name? All the names of God that we learned, we, we, we talked about them, we learned them. God was setting us up, even back then for the now, when we learned about Abba Father, when we learned about Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. He was setting us up for a time such as this, when we, had, when we now get to a point where we think about, hallow be thy name. Which name are you going to call on? Is it Elohim? Is it Adonai? Is it El Shaddai? Is it El Roy? Go back, pull out your notes. Re think about those names. Hallow be thy name. Think about those names that we learned. Study them again. Pull it out. Do you look for him wholeheartedly in your prayer? Look for him this week wholeheartedly with our whole heart because he is waiting for our saints. He is waiting to be found. He is waiting to restore what was lost in our lives. He's waiting for us. Are you seeking him? Seek him out this week. Go through the Lord's prayer. Think about him line by line. Think about the people. Don't think about just yourself and what you need, but think about your children. Think about your neighbor. Think about your coworker. Think about the things that are showing up in our text stream day after day, the prayer requests that are going up. Think about Miss Brenda. Think about Miss Lori. Think about Colette. Think about her, Ryan. Think about all of those things. Think about Pastor Cyril. Think about the things that you're seeing on the news. Think about those things, the little girl that may have been displaced from her family. As we go and we dissect every line of the Lord's Prayer, let your prayer life forever be changed wholeheartedly because the Lord is waiting 
he's waiting for and waiting for us to call his name and seek him out over certain situations where we may have been lost. And he says, I'm waiting for you so that you can now be found. He wants the kingdom, the power, and the glory to be made, but to be known in our situation, not just today, but forever and ever as we say amen and close out this series. Your life will forever be changed. Your perspective will be changed. Your prayer life will be changed. Pastor Cyril. Amen, amen. As we go into the the communion this morning and and pray this communion prayer, I just want you to just like think about the words that are coming out of the prayer and just internalize them, just like what the... Ms. Katina was talking about, I was just like a thinking, how can I internalize this today, Lord? Even when someone's praying, take that and apply it to yourself. Uh, because the thing is, I, I've heard and I've seen um, even Miss Laurie talk about it. Like uh, she, she always talks about like when someone's praying, she always internalizes that prayer. And same way, we will all internalize this prayer as as I read the Lord's Prayer. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, as we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. You are the only one who can examine our hearts. They go passionately. That's like a queen our heart today, Father God. We want to be white as snow. Show us, Father God, anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sins, any rebellion, any unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. Father, we want to get that relationship restored this morning. We know that you Father God, we are your beloved children. We have, having received you in our hearts and our lives, Father God, having accepted your death as the final, final, final penalty for our sinfulness. The price, Father, you paid covers all of our sins. Covers all the time. And our desire, Father God, is to live for you as we take this bread representing your life that was broken for us. We remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you, God, that you're Death gave us life, abundant life now, and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. Let's take the bread. In the same way, we take this cup, representing your blood, poured out from that splinted cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sins, past, present, and future. Today we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave gave us through the blood you spilled. Let's take the drink. Father God, we come before your throne of grace one more time this morning. As we ate your bread and partook in your, Father God, dinner table and your blood that is 
Father God, for every one of us, Father, this morning, we walk out of this place, Father God, made clean and whole. Father God, we seek you with all of our hearts and all of our minds. God, the Bible says you're seeking for a godly generation. God, you're seeking for the one who is showing their confidence in you. God, here is the seeds of Abraham in this line. Father God, seeking your face right now. Help us, Father God, to just like a walk through this journey with your strength, your might, and your power. In Jesus' name I pray, Father, for your glory. Amen. The conference has been unmuted. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hope you all have an amazing week. We'll see you all bright and early next week. Um, you know, I'm going to start on Matthew chapter 13 next week on the kingdom and the parables about the kingdom. So, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Have, have an amazing blessed, week. Have a good week, everyone. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Everyone be blessed. Bye-bye. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Bye, everyone. Bye. Be blessed, everyone.